Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Yeah, it's a very good afternoon. Overcast uh, day, isn't it? Uh, a bit of cloud has come in. They reckon there might be the odd spot of rain here and there, mainly, I think, just south of Perth and possibly those listening in Mandra on DAB Plus Radio at SEN Peel. They reckon there's a bit of rain around Mandra and possibly around Bunbury. For those people listening on SEN Spirit 621, I'm not sure we get too much here in Perth if you're listening on SEN 657. It's a busy hour coming up. Busy hour coming up. Uh, we're going to speak to the brand new number one ticket holder for the West Coast Eagles. The West Coast Eagles conducted their launch today and we'll introduce uh, the person to you in just a moment. Also, later on, I'm going to actually, for Kia, list my Eagles top seven of all time. Okay? The Eagles top seven of all time because it really is – the Eagles program today. We'll keep you up to date with the practice match between Fremantle and Port Adelaide. It's being played at Fremantle Oval at the moment. Frio lead 4-5-29 to Port Adelaide 3-2-20 by nine points. But it was the West Coast Eagles season launch today. There were four great players of the past that were inducted into the Hall of Fame at the West Coast Eagles. You'll hear from them a bit later on. And as I mentioned, in just a moment, we'll be speaking to the number one ticket holder for the West Coast Eagles. And a bit later on, I'll also be having a chat to our Perth Glory central defender, Mark Beavers, who played professional football in the UK. And that's all thanks to our Isuzu Ute A-League update. So Mark Beavers coming up a bit later on. As I said very shortly, Jan Cooper's going to join us. She is the number one ticket holder for the West Coast Eagles. You can congratulate her, of course. Surrounded by football her entire life was Jan Cooper. Her father is in the WA Football Hall of Fame for his work with Swan Districts. Her husband worked for the West Australian Football Commission for eight years. Both sons have been involved in football. Football has surrounded her life. And, of course, she was pivotal in the bringing of a lifelong dream of women playing this great Indigenous game of AFL. And, of course, she was so instrumental in the development of the AFLW. So we're going to have a chat now to Jan Cooper. We'll reflect on her journey and what it meant to her to now see her beloved West Coast Eagles run onto the ground in an AFLW competition. But firstly, Jan joins us on the program and let's just offer our congratulations to her. Jan, thanks for your time. No worries, Pierre. Thank you very much. Congratulations. What does it mean to you to be the number one ticket holder of the West Coast Eagles? Well, 
I, I feel absolutely privileged um, and I find it quite humbling because when you consider who some of the past number one ticket holders have been, like, a, you know, global giants like Samantha Kerr and Daniel Ricciardo and um, Damien Oliver and Julie Bishop and then there's me. So it's like, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty uh, uh, humbled, to be honest. And I was actually speechless when I was first invited to to uh, do the role, um, and that's very rare for me. I'm never lost for words, so, yeah, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> when did you get first an indication? Of course, it was before today when you were invited to take up the honour of the West Coast Eagles' number one ticket holder. When was that invitation extended to you to take up that honour? Yes, I've kept it secret for a very long time because it was uh, the week leading to Christmas. It was actually the club Christmas party that I was approached by CEO Trevor Nisbet. And um, again, I, <laughs> I was quite speechless. And at the Christmas party, that's not a good thing because that's all about fun and frivolity. So I've kept it um, close to my heart for that long, um, and as has my husband because he was the only one I was kind of allowed to tell. So... Um, yeah, it's been a, a while in the making. What about the launch today? Uh, it was a special occasion. There were four great past champions inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, of course, you were announced as the number one ticket f- f- holder. Tell us about the event today. Oh, it, it's just astonishing, really. Like, you're sitting there and looking at, you know, legends of the game, um, you know, Prittis, who's won a brown medal, Mark Lacroix, who kicked 12 goals in a, a game. Um, Philip Matera, you know, whose family has been an integral part of the club for, for many years. It's it's like kind of for me being an, a passionate football follower, walking amongst royalty. So, um, and then the, the people who give the award to the recipients are also legends in their um, career. So it, it was a really um, fantastic event. The new players were introduced to the audience as well and they look like a fine bunch of um, young men. So uh, the AFLW was acknowledged many times with their contribution. So, yeah, it, it was a really good event. Yeah, and we will hear from Don Pike, Phil Matera, Matt Prittis and Mark Lacroix who are inducted in, as Hall of Famers for the West Coast uh, Eagles. But, Jan, your story is a, a tremendous story. You grew up in a footballing family. As we mentioned, your dad is a WA Football League Hall of Famer. You mentioned your husband. Your boys, of course, were involved in football. Yep. Could you ever think what Jan Cooper would be like without football? Uh, no, <laughs> I've never given that a, a thought at all, Peter, because um, it's always been part of my DNA, uh, my family. It's actually such a, a rich connector through the generations within our family because, you know, the grandparents go to watch the boys play footy, so then they've got this common thing to talk about. We're so tragic, though, as, as a family. We unpack games of footy all the time. And, like, my husband's downstairs watching um, the scratchy between the yeah. Dockers and Port Adelaide as we speak. So, you know, I've never given a thought to what it would be like without football. But I did um, go without it for one year when I was on teaching exchange in Canada. But that also provided me an opportunity because I was never allowed to coach at that you know, my generation wasn't allowed to coach, even though I'd done my level one four times. But as a teacher in Canada, I thought, 
oh, I'm going to teach them how to play AFL when the snow melts. So that was my opportunity to, to coach football, um, but I couldn't see any games that year. So um, it, it was a missing piece to my um, psyche for that year. Um, and it was back in the days when there was no internet or anything. So you couldn't watch replays or anything. But uh, phone calls to home were really peppered with conversations about how Swan districts were going, et cetera, et cetera. It's interesting. You used to sit as a, a young girl there in McDonald's stand and, and raucous and cheer on the beloved Swan District footy club. You mentioned you weren't allowed to coach. Of course, as a girl, you weren't allowed to play either. So what was that like? Because you probably were eager to get out there and mix it with the boys at that stage, well, even though you were yeah. the other gender. Yeah, quite right, Peter. Because um, And it's sort of a bit ironic too, because the very first women's league ever in Australia was in the goldfields. And I spent a large slab of my early years in the goldfields. But Unfortunately, the women's league had long gone, so that was a bit ironic that I should be in the goldfields and not afforded the opportunity to play. But I had um, heaps of king of the packs and kick to kicks and all sorts of things with my brothers, their friends, you know, boyfriends over the years. So uh, a couple of powder puff derbies back in the day. Um, and I, yes, I would have loved to have played, but um, I certainly have been a passionate fan of the game um, and supporter of it. So I've just had to accept that that was my gen and um, and I'm happy that I was able to still be heavily involved in the code and more so now that I'm getting into my twilight years. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got plenty, plenty to get through and plenty to do still going forward, Jan. As I said, you were offered the job uh, with the AFL to develop female talent. I mentioned in the introduction, what do you think now – when you see you're the number one ticket holder for the West Coast Eagles. Again, we congratulate you on that honour. But now to see the West Coast Eagles in a fully-fledged AFLW competition, what does that mean to you from those early days when you're trying to get women's football recognised? Oh, look, it, the moment those girls ran out for the very first game against Collingwood, honestly, if, you'd, if Kleenex had have uh, sponsored me, <laughs> I would have gone through a box of tissues. It was... Like tears of joy, it's just those girls, I could see myself reflected in them, their passion for the game. Um, they've, they've always wanted to be able to play this code that they've been watching from the sidelines, as I had to. But now they're afforded these opportunities and it grows. You know, they don't have to just play. They can dream of being a coach, an umpire, an administrator. I mean, I think of the current batch of AFLW players, we will get a, a female CEO out of this batch of players simply because whichever club or clubs they're connected to will actually understand that they know what they're talking about, that they are good leaders. And, um, you know, to me, eventually the code will absolutely reflect our community across both genders, all cultural backgrounds, all sexualities, you name the diversity and the code will truly reflect that. It's interesting, isn't it? And I did a bit of reading before actually inviting you on the program. Again, we thank you very much for your time and what's been probably an emotional roller coaster of a day for you is that when you were trying to give justification to a women's league, you were actually 
a lot of resentment or certainly a lot of questions were asked, like people saying women will hurt their chest. It's a brutal game. Women will hurt themselves. They'll lose their femininity. How did you handle all that backlash? People saying, no, this can never happen for those reasons. Well, um, I learnt very quickly that I couldn't just have an opinion and a couple of random samples of myself and a few other passionate people Mm. that I actually had to do research. So very quickly, a a colleague in New South Wales conducted some focus groups over there and I conducted some focus groups over here. And we asked exactly the same questions of a bunch of secondary school girls who were playing football in inter-school competitions and said to them, what is it you love about this code? What are your aspirations within the code? What do you think the code has to do to get your dreams to come true? And it didn't matter whether it was a girl in Wagga Wagga or a girl in um, Geraldton. They all said the same things. And once we had that evidence, the, the number one reason they loved playing our code was because they loved the physicality of the game. So once we had that evidence, that's what we took to the decision makers and said, look, we've got this body of evidence. They love playing the code because it is physical and they can challenge themselves. And then there were some other reasons after that. Mm. So once we had that body of evidence, it made it a lot easier for us to put across the argument that you need to give us uh, equitable opportunities, the same as the, the boys, because if you don't, then you're going to miss out on a huge slab of the next generation producing children who will fall in love with our code too. They'll just take them off to other codes because you're turning your back on involving women and girls. So once we had all the evidence, it did become a little bit easier. That didn't mean to say there weren't barriers still, but yeah, with great perseverance and, you know, state-based colleagues being so passionate and agitating as well, then, yeah, obviously it's come to fruition. Jan, I could talk to you for ages, but I know I'm precious. You've got precious <laughs> time, and uh, I'd like to ask you a couple of final ones if I can. It's a twofold yeah. question. Do you reckon the AFL jumped on the AFLW a bit late? They should have been a bit more proactive a few years earlier. And I know they fast-tracked it even to last year where all of a sudden every AFL club had an AFLW uh, team as well. Do you reckon they were playing catch-up for a few years? And do you think they fast-tracked it too quickly? No, I don't actually, Peter. Um, I can say that in 20... We had a... um, We, being state-based colleagues, anybody involved in the development of the women and girls pathway, we had a vision in 2010 that by the time we had 250,000 women and girls running around in... um, as registered players, we felt then we would have the depth of talent to maybe have a six-team... Uh, national competition. Well, when Gillen announced it um, in May 2016, we all choked because he hadn't actually sort of spoken to us about it. Mm. But then we looked at our figures and we went, gee, we've taken our foot off the pedal a bit here. We've got 480,000 women and girls registered. And so, yes, we're ready. So, yes, it it is a, a bit quick to get a national comp up and running, but let's do it. And, of course, everything else has fallen into place. And, again, when they announced the expansion to the 18 clubs, um, you know, earlier last year, again, I was a little bit um, reticent. I thought, oh, I don't know, is there a depth of talent in in New South Wales that can, you know, put the Sydney Swans in a competitive um, 
situation. But, yeah, they were highly competitive as a, a new team and they're going to be highly competitive again, if not, you know, big improvers. So mm. I just... And when you look at the... There's 20% of memberships of AFLW had no connection to an AFL club previous to AFLW being implemented. So that, to me, shows that we have... a We've met a group of people that we've been able to engage in the code that weren't interested as AFL, but as AFLW, yeah, they are fully committed. So, no, I don't think anything's too early. And to be honest, being a a um, solutions-based person, there's enough people in this code now with the intellect and the, the dedication that, Yep, if things go awry, then get them in the room and there'll be some solutions to improve the situation. So I don't think anything's happened too early at all. Jan, as we let you go, I'm not going to ask your age, but I reckon we're a similar demographic. And, of course, we... we <laughs> I think grew I'm up... much older than you. <laughs> <laughs> we grew up... I grew up at Perth Oval on the banks watching my beloved East Perth. You were in the McDonald Grandstand watching beloved Swan Districts. Yep. I say to some people, and you probably agree... The game has evolved so much. Uh, it's a completely different game these days compared to what we grew up watching, isn't it? And are you comfortable oh, with the absolutely. evolution of the game? Oh, look, again, I'm I'm up for anything, really. You know, change is a good thing in a lot of ways. And, and I do remember, Peter, um, watching, you know, the Billy Walkers run around. That was the, the gen that first I paid attention to who the players' names were, apart from my dad. And... <laughs> There was a lot, I think there was a lot more one-on-one footy. There was definitely a lot of drop kicking, which doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really good. I, I, I think the game is faster. There's a lot more speckies taken. Some of the kicks for goal are just, you know, absolutely out of this world. And, and even at today's event at West Coast, you know, we saw some of the footage of Mark Lacroix and Philip Matera kicking them from ridiculous angles. So... Yeah, I, I love the evolution of the game. I hope it doesn't change too much. I'm jury's out on the four umpire system. Um, I think you just have to get over yourself a bit when umpires are only human and, and don't pick up free kicks. But I'm willing to see how that evolves. But no, I love it, Peter. Uh, I, and I've loved to, and I've loved talking to you, Jan. Congratulations on being the West Coast Eagles' number one ticket holder. No, richly deserved, and and take it on board for Thank what you. it's worth. It's acknowledgement of exactly your contribution to our Indigenous game. Thanks for your time. Pleasure. Thank you, Peter. Good on you. Jan Cooper, the West Coast Eagles number one ticket holder, joining us here on the program. She is so articulate and you could talk to her for a long time. I hope you enjoyed that. Give us your thoughts on the temper of bedshed text machine 0487 736 736 or call 13 12 55. We're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre, and they've been serving West Australians for over 45 years now. And also Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. We'll up update a bit of sport. We'll update the cricket for you and also the football at Fremantle Oval after the break. And then I'd love you to see if we're on the same page. On the temperate bedshed text machine for Kia, I'm going to list, being a bit of an Eagles day today, the Eagles top seven of all time. Okay? The Eagles top seven of all time. I won't ask you to nominate the top seven. Give us your top three. Three, two, one. All thanks to the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorrento here on Sports Day.